0: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: you're listening to the writer
2: than you podcast all right good morning welcome into the show we are coming to you live from the rocket Mortgage studios and you know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family rocket can Lincoln Kennedy spent a long time in the National Football League. Now a Raiders analyst for Compass Media, and he joins us right now on the show. Hey, Lincoln, thanks for being here, man. Hope, you, uh, hope you're hope you coming off a great summer.
3: Well, I am. I hope the same for you, but I've, I've got a real quick question for you. When have you ever gone back and said that you were wrong?
2: Oh, I do it all the time. Do you? Oh, You know what? I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I said yesterday that I thought the Titans were going to cover... Against the Bills, and instead of okay. being one of those radio hosts who pretends that he doesn't say stupid stuff, I just came out at the start of the show. and was like, "I'm an idiot." Buffalo's really
3: good. good to be with you, Bill.
2: <laughs> you too, buddy. Um, it's early. It's early days, and it's just two games into the season. I thought I thought Joe Burrow had a really interesting quote for his Bengals team that, like the Raiders, have started zero two despite pretty pretty big expectations that they've lost two games in a row before. It's going to be fine but for for Vegas you got that 5-point loss to the Chargers that's a big game and obviously LA's a really good team then you blow a 20-point lead to Arizona what's the um what's the feeling and the vibe right now around that team
3: well there's not there's not a panic i, I don't think there's a panic that sense um, but you know there's obviously some disappointment you, you you drop a close one as you mentioned to the Chargers and then you lose one to the Cardinals and you know the way i feel walking around the locker room and seeing the players is that they think that they were a better team than the Arizona Cardinals, and I think they're a better team than the Arizona Cardinals. But they've got to go out there and show it. And there's been many a times when I played where you, you know, you you let one down, you let one go, you let a team come by or, or, or beat you. Unfortunately for them, it was in probably the worst way because being on national TV, losing that lead, and, and being embarrassed at home. So, um, but they're they're not panicking. 15 games to go. It's not like it's it's never been done before. It's hardly been done before because teams that start off in a hole usually don't make it to the playoffs. But high expectations, competitive division, still got plenty of football left to play.
2: Lincoln, obviously among the many storylines percolating in the AFC West and in, in Vegas is the fact that this is Josh McDaniel's second time around as a head coach. He's got things he wants to do with the Raiders. How long does it take a coach generally, and maybe, maybe McDaniel specifically, to implement the approach and to get a team doing the things he wants them to do in his first year?
3: In my experience, it's usually a month to six weeks. And the reason why I say that is because especially what has changed to uh, you know the, the National Football League, how it's changed since even back in my play days, starters don't play in preseason. And there are things that starters, You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everybody needs some sort of preseason. Everyone needs it. I don't care what your level of experience, you need it because there's there's timing involved, there's rhythm involved, there's chemistry that's involved. You don't get that from practice. You don't get that from scrimmages. You don't get that from, you know, practicing against other teams. You only get that on game day because there's a, there's a feeling that pumps a professional athlete up to do their job at the highest level when it's game day. And it really doesn't matter if it's preseason or regular season because you, you feel the same. You don't go into a game most of the time. In my experience, you don't go into a game and say, oh, you know what, it's preseason. I don't need to take this stuff seriously. I'll just go through the motions. No, you go through the motions, you end up getting hurt. If you don't take it seriously, if you don't prepare like you normally would to be in this position, you're not only going to get embarrassed, but you're going to get hurt. So I think of it that everyone needs preseason. When you don't have that, when you don't use that, and for the Raiders, they had four preseason games. When you don't have that for the, your starters and your main guys, it takes some time for those main guys to buy into your game day attitude as a coach, your game day you know, style as a coach, and more importantly, to buy into what they do together as a team because that's why football is the greatest team sport. It takes 11 guys to perform at the highest level at the same time rather than you know just one or two individuals here and there.
2: Talking to Lincoln Kennedy here on the show. Lincoln, let's fast forward six weeks when this organization has had a bunch of games under Josh McDaniels. If things go the way that he wants them to go, what does the offense look like, and how is it different maybe than the Raiders' approach last year?
3: Well, I think the offense from just the past two games is, has been a little bit more balanced, and we've got to still see that balance grow. Um, you know, I was disappointed at the Charger game. They only tried to rush the ball 13 times, and I know they were playing from behind, but still, you've got to have balance. You saw when they, against the Cardinals, when they had a little bit more balance at first, especially in the first half, they had a little bit more continuity as well as being able to push the ball down the field. Look, the the fact is that Derek Carr, as the quarterback, has weapons, has weapons all across the field. You can't focus on one of them because you saw that from one week to the next, the Chargers left Devontae open, Adams open a number of times. The Cardinals made it there. Primary concern to cover him up and take him out of the equation because they knew they could get pressure with the front four. Well, now you have to make those adjustments. And to, the, to some extent, the Raiders did. They did make those adjustments, but they didn't know how to finish. That, my friend, comes on when uh, when, when you get guys playing together longer and longer and have the, the will, the hunger not to lose. You don't like to lose. That's what happens. That's when you're able to put your foot on people's necks and finish them. So, to answer your question, if by, you know, we fast forward six weeks. If they've been able to turn things around and have a winning record, guys will buy into what Coach McDaniels is talking about. If not, you're probably going to have a dysfunctional year, and it's probably going to be very sad to see the silver and black not be able to do anything.
2: And Lincoln, it's not going to be easy. And I know you know this, but they've got a an equally desperate Titans team. Titans are also 0 2 up next. Then they've got the Broncos. Then they go. I think it's two Kansas. I think it's two Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. What is the optimism level for you and just in that organization that they can weather the next three games? Unless they just win a couple of those games to get themselves to, say, two and three.
3: Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic for it because I think they have the personnel, the ability to do it. I would, you know, what's impressed me most, even though it's only two losses, what's impressed me most is the level that the defense has played at. I was really surprised to see the defense play as well. Now, they're still, without this last game, guys, they lost. They went with two starters, you know, starting safety Amari Merrick and as well as Denzel Perriman. So they had to kind of make their way around that. And Patrick Graham's defense is still – I'm still trying to figure it out and feel it out because this last game against the Cardinals, they went with a three-safety high look, which is something I hadn't seen them do before. But after watching the film, I understand why they did it. Um, but to answer your question, if, if, if after you know a month or so of football, they're able to turn things around, it will build confidence. I still think the Raiders can be competitive. I still think they can beat some people and beat some teams. They just have to do it, and and right now it hasn't happened so far.
2: Uh, Lincoln, the AFC West, is it's so interesting, and I think it's loaded with four really good football teams. Obviously, in week one, you guys saw the Chargers up close and personal. It's one game, but from what you saw, what is your read on L.A.?
3: I, I, I was impressed with L.A. A lot of people are picking them to win the division. I don't have a problem with that. And the main reason why is because the Chargers are the really only team in the AFC West that have been able to challenge consistently the Chiefs, who have been sitting on top of the hill you know, knocking people down. The Raiders want to call it a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. It's been dominated by the Chiefs for, what, the last 10 years or something like that? I think they're 1-10 in 10 or something like that in those last years, um, whatever the record is. But it's been dominated by the Chiefs. And so the, the only equalizer, in my opinion, for the rest of the division is the fact that the Raiders have had the ability to go one-on-one with the Chargers and one-on-one with the Broncos or sometimes even dominate the Broncos. That puts them in the, into the category of being able to compete. But until you're able to beat the Chiefs, you know, you're, you're not there yet. That's why I tip my hat to the Chargers, because the Chargers always play the Chiefs closely. And even this last time, if it wasn't for pick six, probably had a chance to beat them.
2: Yeah, you're right. Lincoln Kennedy here on, here on the show. And I know, obviously, Arizona's not in the division, but I just, I'm just so confused about, about what I'm supposed to think about the Cardinals, about the confidence level I'm supposed to place in, in Kyler Murray. You saw the bad of Arizona, and you saw the good in that comeback from Arizona's perspective. What do you make of, of Kyler Murray and that team?
3: Well, here's the thing. I will say this. Vance Joseph, learned, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, learned a valuable lesson from week to week. He went and he was pressure packaging against the the Chiefs, blitzed almost more than half the snaps and stuff they had had in that game, and they got torched. And to some degree, he kind of did a little bit of this in the first half, and the Raiders were able to, to get him. The difference, in my opinion, guys, was the fact that the Raiders were had to settle for field goals rather than touchdowns. When you, I mean, obviously, when you jump out the way the Chiefs did, and and the, and the manner in which they did, it really break, breaks the will of the other team. So the fact that the Raiders left the, the Cardinals into it, uh, kept into it, that allowed them to make some plays. And then the second half, the Raiders' offense was ineffective conversely the Cardinals offense was moving the ball and Kyler Murray showed his value. Now he's going to be tired, he's going to be sore, he'll probably be sitting in an ice tub today because he took some licks but you know that, that one two point conversion where he ran around would look like for an hour I, I remember telling my partner Jason Horowitz there's nothing a defense can do about that because your secondary is focused on chasing receivers, reacting receivers you can't be mindful of a, a scrambling quarterback. There's nothing you can do about it. And unfortunately for the Raiders, you know, Kyler Murray made a couple of big plays with his legs in the second half, most notably some first downs along with those scoring drives.
2: Lincoln, the Kansas City Chiefs have been, I'm not sure, dominant, maybe dominant, the last four years. Four consecutive AFC Championship games, a Super Bowl, a couple Super Bowl appearances. Are you, based on two games into the season, willing to be one of the folks that say the Bills that the AFC goes through Buffalo, or is it is it too soon for that kind of talk?
3: Until you until you take down the Chiefs, it's too soon. You, you still have to go through the Chiefs. Look, they might have lost a little bit of their luster, if you will, by getting rid of Tyreek Hill, but, and no one stays on top for long. There, To me, there are no more dynasties, in my opinion. But I will say this, that the Chiefs are there until someone dethrones them. Now, obviously, Buffalo looks good, and a lot of people are expecting the Bills to, to maybe make a run. I mean, they probably came a, an overtime short of possibly being in the Super Bowl or, or a for the Super Bowl last year, but it is what it is. Until that happens. You got to take tip your hat to the teams that have been done it before. Look, the Bengals might be a little bit of a, an admiration. They might not be uh, uh, might not be as as strong as people thought. Maybe they got a little lucky by making their run to the Super Bowl last year. Who knows? It's always hard to repeat uh, and to get back to the Super Bowl year after year. But the Chiefs have done it recently, and so that's why you still have to tip your hat to them in the AFC.
2: Lincoln, at the risk of you being best friends with with uh, Kirk Cousins and me, not knowing it, we have. Um... We've had a little fun with 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 Minnesota's quarterback and the fact that he is now two and ten on Monday Night Football, and his two wins are against my Bears, which, as a Bears fan, I can tell you, doesn't actually count uh, in the historical record. Do you do you buy into the notion, Kirk Cousins or otherwise, that some players and quarterbacks are always on the most scrutiny? Some players just play at a lower level when there are big moments, brighter spotlight. Whatever it might be, that that kind of game.
3: That you know what, Bill? I, I wouldn't say lower level. I I, I think there. Are, I think you can feel pressed um, as an athlete to want to do better. You know, I remember in my playing days, especially in the early part, before we got on our consistent run, we couldn't beat Denver to save ourselves. Denver was the only thorn in our side. Now I hate the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, but we couldn't <laughs> beat the, we couldn't beat Denver, and and I remember that. I feel in the pressure that there was one. There was one game we were playing in Oakland. I don't remember what year it was, but um, one year, one, I'm like, we got him, we got him. Where Denver's a little down, we're up, we're riding high. And the first play of the game, Tyron Wheatley gets the ball and fumbles, and it's in our own zone. And like they go in and score. I'm like, this can't be happening. So you feel that pressure to overcome it. You just mentioned that that record on Monday night. I can only imagine, as a quarterback, as much as you have in your control, as many things that you can do for your team good or bad, or just in between, that pressure of wanting to right the wrongs, or right the ship, or show everybody that you're still capable, there are high expectations on this Minnesota Viking team coming into the season. There are a lot of people saying that they could probably challenge you know, the, the, the Green Bay Packers in that division. In week one, they beat the Packers, and so people were riding high thinking that this might be their year. Not expecting to go to Philadelphia and drop one, not really realizing how Philadelphia has changed things. But... The play of the quarterback is always, I've always said, quarterbacks get far too much credit when things go right, and they get far too much blame when things go wrong. The quarterback can control what he can control. The turnovers is something the quarterback can control. Um, you can sit there and say what you want about that one that Jefferson, uh, they were talking about he ran the wrong route, I heard from the excer- excerpts. Um, didn't run the route rightly, but you still can control it. You don't have to force that ball in that area, especially when you know they're looking for it. So there are things. There are times I feel players and athletes are pressed to try to right the wrongs, and sometimes when you feel pressed, you don't play as well as you want to.
2: That is a great answer. Lincoln Kennedy, longtime former NFL player, excellent Raiders analyst for, for Compass Media, back in the day someone I got to do some radio with. Lincoln, it's always a pleasure to have you on and, and to hear your voice and, and get your insight. Thank you thank you very much for, for the time.
3: I uh, appreciate it, man. You have a good one, and we'll talk soon, okay?
2: You got it. Thank you, Lincoln. Lincoln Kennedy uh, on the show. I, Lincoln's good, man. Good guy. Good analyst, good at what he does, honest, appreciate the perspective. Uh, this is exciting. We have a Buy or Sell mystery. Uh, yesterday was National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Sometimes on the show we talk like pirates. D-Cell doesn't like to, to, to do these things. We've asked him to read Buy or Sell, which is a bunch of headlines from sports that we haven't hit yet, and, and I'll give you a take on each one. We've asked D-Cell to honor National Talk Like a Pirate Day one day late by talking like a pirate in that segment and we will discover whether or not he's willing to put the show first next year on CBS Sports Radio.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Back into the show. I got good news and bad news, uh,
2: Tom, about my marriage. Uh, good news is apparently when Lori texted me, don't do that or say that, uh, she wasn't referring to me saying Kirk Cousins wears adult diapers. Potentially. I don't know if he does. I'm just saying she thought it was funny. But, but the bad news is about something else. So apparently, I don't even know what I'm in trouble for.
5: Apparently, oh, I think I know. I think I know. What do you think it is? Uh, it was don't make D cell do a pirate voice for buy or sell.
2: Well, I'm not gonna make you because I don't want to force you into being a good sport, and I understand you don't want to walk the proverbial plank, you know. And Polly wants a cracker, is you know, it's is, okay. I got it, but I, but you're you're invited, of your own free accord, to sail the seven seas of radio fun. And in honor of Talk Like a Pirate Day from yesterday, Talk Like a Pirate Today. But it's your decision. It's not my decision. It's your decision as we um, embark
1: on Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Hi, Boggish. Our
2: mateys. i am ready for the fire sale here. It's so easy,
4: D-Sale, just do
2: it's it. It's not hard to do. You just uh,
5: come
4: on, push them bu- over.
5: Push the buy button there for your captain, for one-eyed Billy. I want you both to know that I took your invitation under heavy, heavy consideration. Wah, wah, I wah. thought about this long and hard, and the Broncos picked up their first win of the season on Sunday against the Texans. <laughs> albeit an ugly one, 16-9. Denver has been ravaged by penalties and play clock issues to start the season. They've been assessed four delay-of-game penalties, including two on Sunday on field goal attempts. They also used their final timeout with, get this, seven and a half minutes to go in the game because they couldn't get organized. Oh, by the way, Bill, they also burned another timeout earlier in the half because they didn't have a punt returner on the field as Houston was about to punt. Rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett said yesterday
4: it's on him. When it comes to the operations, you know, that's something that we're talking about quite a bit. You know, there's a lot of things. we got to make sure the communication is clear and concise. Uh, I need to do better at making decisions faster and quicker and getting that information to the quarterback and being on the same page with him. So that's stuff that we're talking about uh, this morning all the way to this evening and making sure that it's it's, it's got to improve.
5: Now, you put everything that happened on Sunday against Houston on top of Week 1's 64-yard field goal attempt against the Seahawks, which Hackett has already said he regretted. Buy or sell that Nathaniel Hackett is in over his head.
2: I mean, so far, I mean, bye. I, I would say so far bye. he is. Buy. Bogus. I just think Nathaniel can't hack it.
1: Bye.
4: I'm protesting the segment because D Cell let us down.
2: Yeah, D Cell, you—I mean, you really. I, whoa, 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 whoa! Bogus, you gave me an out
5: and I took uh, it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you have kids, right? One of your kids like whines enough about something, you're like, fine. fine. I'll be that broccoli.
5: guy. I'll be that kid. I got no problem B- with it.
2: Bogus buy or sell that D Cell, who we love, can be a bit of a buzzkill.
5: Bye. Bye. Buy. Uh, I will buy that as well.
2: Uh, how many times in your life have you been the life of the party?
5: Uh, the, the, next Three? T- the next time will be the first time. Okay. okay. Are you sure? All right. so it's easy. Am I a bigger buzzkill than Nathaniel Hackett?
2: Dude, I, I mean, it's a really, it's an extremely, it's an extremely poor start. It, it's an extremely poor start. Now, people can learn and... Mistakes are part of the deal, but it's a very high-profile way and place to be learning
5: on the job. Can, like, can you learn on the job when your team has such high expectations? Like, I understand he's never been a head coach before; he's been a coordinator. He's been in the NFL for a while now. But when the expectations are this high, when you just paid that amount of money for your quarterback, are you allowed to learn on the job? I think it's very
2: fortunate for the for the percentage chance, the answer is yes, that they, that they won that game. I know they barely won it. I know it's against what we think is a bad Texans team. But if they were 0-2, I think, I think the odds of success would be, would be different.
5: All right. Now, speaking of success and a lack thereof, the Indianapolis Colts are in search of their first win of the season after tying those same Texans in week one, then getting shut out on Sunday by the Jacksonville Jaguars. By saw that Matt Ryan and the Colts have been the most disappointing team thus far. I'll sell that. So I would put the Raiders
2: and the Bengals ahead of them as disappointing teams.
4: Bogus. Anybody? Would you throw the Titans ahead of them, Andrew? I might. I might go Colts ahead of Titans. I mean, the Colts are personally disappointing for me because I I picked them to win the South. I thought they should win the South and to tie in Week One and then not score a point in Jacksonville, which was You know, a chance to exercise some of the demons from last year. And not only did they lose, but they didn't even score a point. But the Bengals being 0-2 is surprising. And I think, like, taking me and my predictions out of it, I think the Bengals not having a win through two games, even Pittsburgh and Dallas, and you throw in no Dak the last time for Dallas, I I think they are in general more surprising.
2: It, it It really is shocking. Now, they've got the Jets... And then they've got the Dolphins on a short week. I mean, that's... I don't think the Jets are very good, but I'm not sure the Bengals are that good. you got to beat the Jets because I think... Bogus, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the Dolphins' train, man. I'm on the Dolphins' train. I, I think they're a really good football team.
4: I think there's still going to be... time. I mean, I think that game perfectly encapsulates them. They won on the road. They scored a ton of points and yards in the fourth quarter. But they were also partly behind to begin with because Tua made a couple of mistakes and then was able to bail them out and... and that's, I think, how they have to live for a little bit here. There's hope that he throws. There are more good throws than bad throws because the bad throws are definitely still going to exist.
2: I think that fourth quarter is going to be so massive for his self-confidence and his ability maybe to have a little more self-belief on the field going forward. And playing the Jets helps, too. By the way, earlier today was the first time I ever remembered that Decel was, was a is a Jets fan. because I said, oh, because you make bad decisions. And he goes... I don't think I make
4: bad decisions. That, that was his he didn't like it. Right. And then he, he did like it. And then he made one by not using the pirate voice, so I when agree. Did, when Case did I point. turn
5: it to Adam Klug? Then you got me sounding like Klug
4: now. Klug makes only good decisions. Yeah. Case in point, <laughs> the fantasy baseball roster that is beating Bill currently.
5: Yes, but the J- imitation he just did of me is to say what he does for Adam Klug. <laughs> That's what are you talking about?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Klug's alright. D cell's voice can be less. Ooh, choose your word carefully uh, here. Clearly, I am. They all seem too mean. Crimogeny. D D cell's voice does not have that same high octave. Is that the correct? I can't do D cell's voice. D cell, say something. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Bill. No, he's got a little more depth to that voice. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Bill.
5: It's my natural voice.
4: I always talk like this.
5: I'm very badly.
4: Next on Buy or Sell.
5: That was definitely not a compliment as well. All right, yesterday, Buccaneers (laughs) wide receiver Mike Evans was suspended for one game for his involvement in the altercation with Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Now, Sunday wasn't the first time Evans and Lattimore have exchanged words and tussled with one another. My question to you, Bill, Buy or Sell that Mike Evans should have been suspended for shoving Marshawn Lattimore after Lattimore was drawing with Tom Brady. I mean, it's on the on the line, but sell. I mean, sell. Give me a break.
2: Let these guys be a little physical. No. Do you want to be a buzz killer here, D-Cell? Do you want to be like, he should have been suspended?
5: I think for what happened on Sunday in a vacuum, he would not have been suspended. I think that this is the second or third time that these two have been involved, and I think that's where the suspension is coming
2: but, from. I mean, like, guys don't like
4: each other. I, the standards should be the standards, shouldn't it? I mean, I kind of agree with my colleague, Diesel. I think the problem is— I'm a colleague now. Not just the history— it's that he came from the sideline. He was right. out of the mix, saw it, came charging across, and drilled him. And that set the whole thing off. If he was involved from the beginning and just knocked Lattimore over, he's not getting suspended. But I think that he's out of the situation, comes charging back in is what changes it from the league perspective.
2: So basically because he wanted to get evens.
5: So, (laughs) I saw you were getting ready for one, and I had my finger over the buy button. I can't do it on that one, though. I can't do it. It was bad on purpose. All right, let's get to some college football here. Now, on Saturday, the Florida Gators were fortunate to come away with a win over South Florida at home, having to come from behind in the fourth quarter. Yet, that didn't stop head coach Billy Napier from being confident in his quarterback, Anthony Richardson, as they prepare to play Tennessee in Knoxville this week, saying, quote, It's not like we're going to Canada and they're changing the rules. It's going to be the same game. It's going to be a little bit louder and played at a different location. End quote. Buy or sell Billy Napier's quote is a challenge to volunteer fans on Saturday.
2: No, I mean sell. I I get what he's – I think, mm. right, he's just trying to say it's the same game. Just do your thing. It's really the Canada slander that gets me. There's a a guy that's from Canada – who is a CBS Sports HQ host, and he gets really angry, like clearly perturbed when people take shots at Canada.
4: Mm-hmm. I think that's you it. have to. That's... Take shots at Canada? No, no, you're required. No, they're so nice.
5: I don't take shots at Canada. As
4: a Canadian, you have to defend the motherland from those those statements.
2: But they do it in a very non-confrontational Like, Of course they do. That's not nice. Oh, shucks. Oh, Canucks. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. Boy, that's that's also my Adam Klug voice, isn't it? It's just a, it's just the old <laughs> fallback. I've just
5: evolved into Adam Klug.
2: Oh, I've got um I want to ask you Bogus, I asked this detail. How many episodes of The Rings of Power, Only Murders in the Building season two, and Cobra Kai do you think I have to watch to do a mini review on them? Thirty second mini review. I would argue that you have to you have to finish one of them. Oh, I do because the rings of power comes out every. Oh, wow! Detail throwing his hands up. Okay, even if it's a thirty-second mini
4: review, you could. So it, it's either the premiere or it's the whole season. Okay. Oh, so, shoot, yeah. So my answer is one up. or all of them.
5: It doesn't have to be so black and white. Give me at least five episodes, and
4: then I want to hear how it's going. Yeah, but then it's got- you, but then it's incomplete. Either the premiere one review is that's one premiere, I'm hoping for this, this looks good or promising, or it looks like it's going to be terrible, or, oh, I've watched the whole season now, so here's my finished opinion on this show.
5: Well, after five episodes, I think Bill can give our audience, you know, a chance to whether they should dive into this
4: show or nah, not. You can Things can change in the back half of a season.
5: Yes, but that uh, doesn't mean it started off bad. It could be a good show that kind of veers off.
2: In defensive of buzzkill Decel, um, to to be to be fair, a lot of professional reviewers get the first three or four episodes and then they write the initial review. Let me just That's get. True? Let me just get my little uh, my little file open here, though, with with, with nicknames for d
5: National
2: oh national nickname days in a week. Yeah, Tommy Knuckles. Do you have that do you have that imaging done there, Tom?
5: I'm uh, feeling a little uh a little under the weather. I think I'm gonna be out that day.
2: Do you have the imaging done? <laughs> buy or sell Tom that the
5: imaging is done. It's hard for me to hear what you're saying right now. Maybe it's my headphones. I can't really can't really make it out.
2: I promise you you do not want to uh wait, your wife calls you eyesore? Did I write this down right? <laughs> How about Eeyore? Eeyore, okay. <laughs> That makes a lot of That makes a lot of Back sense. away from the microphone. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God.
5: I've got eyesore from Tom's wife. It's Eeyore. I wrote it down. I, wrong. I don't think she would dispute eyesore, but she hasn't called me that one yet. Oh man. That's Probably um, wouldn't get an argument from her though. Four, five, six, we have like 15 nicknames for you. I think we have to get it to at least 10 and under. Like 15 is too many. Nobody has fifteen nicknames. We're gonna. Are we gonna rank them, Andrew? Like, what do you want to? How do you want to do this segment a week from today? Do
2: you want to like count them down,
4: or do we make D-Cell do even more work and create some kind of poll with all of them and the <gasps> listeners narrowed down to a top ten? Oh mm, yeah. <laughs> the dirtiest of looks.
2: What is pretty, Daddy? What's that from? Yeah. <laughs>
5: I don't remember the origin of that one. It's from a song. It's from like a 1950s song, but I don't know how we got to the song.
2: Tommy Algebra? What is Oreo Cookie Crusader? I'll stop. I cannot wait for next week.
5: All right, let's get to some baseball <laughs> here daddy. before I get a new nickname. <laughs> Yesterday, the Astros clinched their fifth AOS division title in the last six years, while yeah, over they the did National League... Daddy. While over in the NL... Tell me
4: about those Mets.
5: (laughs) The New York Mets clinched their first playoff berth since 2016. Buy or sell, you have higher expectations for the Astros in the playoffs than you do the Mets.
2: I was barely listening. I was looking at all these nicknames. Um, Sell. I actually... Sell. This is not founded in reason so much as hope. I would love (laughs) to see the Mets do well. I would love to see the Astros fail. So that is sort of... The extent
5: of the thoughtfulness that I put into this,
4: I'm going to buy it. Astros are better; they should absolutely go farther than the Mets. Do they have an easier road as well? Well, they've got the Yankees. The Mets would, in theory, have to
5: play maybe the Dodgers and the Braves.
4: Right? Uh, No, they can only the way it goes right now. They can only play one of them because they would; those two teams would play before the Mets. Right now, the Mets would play the Cardinals or the Padres, or the Phillies actually now.
5: Gotcha. So one of the two still. I mean, one of those two teams, if
4: not both, are on the Yankees' level, no?
2: The Astros are the best team, maybe. Well, not the best team in baseball, but
4: they're 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 the Dodgers of the the American League. You don't want to play the Astros.
2: And the Braves have played really well over the last 70 games or whatever, which is a huge sample size. But I don't want it to be true, and I'm going to lean into that.
5: All right, Bogus, you brought up those Dodgers. They've also clinched their division, have the best record in baseball by far, with 102 wins already. Now, in last night's win over Arizona, Clayton Kershaw struck out 10, allowing just one earned run over six innings. Buy yourself that a healthy Clayton Kershaw is the X factor in the Dodgers making a World Series trip.
2: I'll buy it. What the hell? Let's go. Buy. It was... I do have, I do have Kershaw on my fantasy team. It was a hell of a performance and i think look i think there are several x factors for 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 the dodgers and i think one of them is just do you buy the notion if the starting pitching is fallible that the dodgers offense can muscle its way to a world series which we is pretty rare that tends not to you tend to need pitching but yeah if kershaw can be a guy that shows up and pitches a gem every series i think it could be a difference i think it could be a difference maker
5: All right, let's finish up with some hoops here. Last question. Now, at the moment, the Golden State Warriors have 13 guaranteed contracts for next season and are reportedly holding a spot for veteran Andre Iguodala. Now, the 38-year-old Iguodala hasn't said whether or not he'll return next season, but according to Mark Stein, the Warriors expect him to return to the team next year. Buy or sell that Andre Iguodala can have a similar impact on the Warriors that Udonis Haslam has for the Miami Heat. Well, I like that. I'll buy that. Yeah, like a coach in the locker room? Buy. Good
2: question. Would have been better, though, as a, as a pirate voice.
5: Does Andre Iguodala sell. give off pirate, pirate vibes? Dis-
2: despite his age, that uh, Iguodala there can be a captain of a ship the way that Haslam is uh,
4: in Miami. Udonis Haslam almost sounds like a pirate to begin with. That's a good name.
2: Udonis Haslam ours. Captain Udonis Haslam. It is I,
4: Udonis it is Haslam of the Seven Seas. I have
2: sailed six of them, and I will make the seventh in my
5: advanced stages years here. Arr.
4: I don't know. You you don't know what you're missing, D-Cell.
5: How hard is that, Tom? I'm not exactly missing anything.
4: I'm hearing it from the two of you. Look at the amount of fun we're having, though, so doing fun. this voice. And you're like, no, nah, I'm just going to so sit here. So fun. Arr. Such an eyesore. Arrgh. <laughs> I'm going to have to
2: tell my wife Is that the guy's name from Pirates of the Caribbean? Jack
5: Sparrow. Great movies, by the way. Captain Jack Sparrow.
2: A buddy of mine, who's not even the producer of the show, sent me clips of him talking like a pirate to put on the air if you didn't do it. Great. I will gladly play them. No, no, man. I'd, I'd rather you do the job. Um eight five five two one two four cbs is the phone number let's get into the titans and what feels like maybe a window that's closing at least for this incarnation of that football team we'll, we'll have that conversation here on the show after we get a cbs sports radio update from captain andrew bogus
4: call from mom answer it call silenced
0: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game
1: You're listening to the Rider Than You podcast.
2: All right, welcome back into Rider Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bill Ryder, Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer. Hanging out. He's in New York. I'm in L.A., and the free AutoZone FixFinder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I've been a Titans believer for, for several years now, and I was yesterday, too. Lincoln Kennedy asked me at the start of the start of this hour because he heard the open that we play at the start of every hour. When have you admitted you were wrong, buddy? I've known Lincoln a while. Well, I was wrong on thinking the Titans were going to cover. They got destroyed 41-7 by Buffalo last night on one of the two Monday Night Football games, and the Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel, was not a happy dude
0: you know in this league nobody's gonna
3: feel sorry for you we understand that we don't we don't expect that we don't want anybody to we have to get things fixed we have to figure out how to win a game get back home and get back to work we got our asses kicked plain and simple they outcoached us they outplayed us and and that's the definition of it and so we're gonna get back to work and and we're gonna figure out a way to win a football game
2: derrick henry looks old like an old maybe is is a little too reductive. He looks like a running back, like a lot of running backs who've just hit that wall physically. He's not playing at the same... I mean, that guy... Who's the last running back in the NFL D-cell that impacted games individually like he did? Adrian Peterson, maybe? Maybe Zeke that first year with that offensive line?
5: My head went straight to Adrian Peterson. Yeah, me too.
2: I mean, it's... Derrick Henry's run was remarkable for what he did and the number of years that he did. it. We've seen this. We've seen running backs can have a couple great years and then just fade into oblivion. And hopefully that's not the case. But what's the stat? 107 yards rushing so far through three games? Is that where we're at? Is that right?
5: Yeah. It doesn't look right. You've got to do Brutal. a double take on it because it's like, okay, I see the name Derrick Henry. 107, three yards per carry. It doesn't feel right. You had the good
2: line earlier in the show. That used to be a half for Derrick Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill just does not look sharp on any level. And it'll be interesting whether or not Malik Willis comes into the into the mix. And the thing about Willis coming in, he's the kid out of Liberty. And they really like him. And there was some chatter in the local media down in Nashville over the course of the preseason. Like maybe this dude could actually supplant Tannehill. He was playing so well. I wouldn't. I know it's early, and I know it's not necessarily necessarily likely he will play in week three. But it would not surprise me if he does. It wouldn't surprise me if Tannehill gets off to a really really bad start, or if they're just behind if they don't go to Willis. Let's say in the second half. But either way, I think what you'd be talking about, whether he's phenomenal or not, is once you make that transition, D cell, you you can't undo it. And I think the Titans are well run enough to know once you play the Malik Willis card, that's it. It's his job. He's your quarterback of the future. And that makes it a transition to another era. And I think that means that having a conversation about Malik Willis starting is very possibly also a conversation about accepting this window of this Titans team is closing or has closed, and you transition to the next team. I'm a, I'm a big believer in Mike Vrabel. I think the guy is an incredibly impressive head coach. And if I may brag on behalf of the show, that his ability to be great is something we talked about long before he got the job. And when he got the job with the Titans, we've, we've been big believers in what he can do and what he's about. And but for, if I remember this right, but for a, a, a poor second half, they're in the Super Bowl several years ago. I mean, it's a re- they've had a really nice run. The ability for reinvention is one of the most difficult things in any pursuit of success, especially the National Football League. And I think I referenced earlier the Seahawks and Pete Carroll moving off from the Legion of Boom and trying on the run with a younger defense to rejuvenate Seattle's defense. It didn't quite work out, and we saw the the end game after a few years of that. Now Russell Wilson is in Denver, but I think it's a similar on the run kind of rebuild is the wrong word, but recalibration, and some of it, Pete Carroll's whole zen, what's up, I'm a surfer guy approach is very different than Mike Vrabel's, we got our ass kicked, we suck, I'm going to yell, I'm going to be intense, we have to win in everything, but in similar ways, it's extremely inspiring until it's not, and the solution with both those coaches, once their voice doesn't resonate in the locker room, is not to change the voice, it's to change the ears hearing the voice. Those are the kind of coaches, at least for me, and Vrabel's on this list. You don't move on from the coach. You do cycle out a bunch of the players. And if Derek Henry's not the guy that he used to be, and if Ryan Tannehill's not going to be good enough, and I think there was there have been questions for a few years now whether Tannehill's good enough to take you where you want to go. And the answer's no. And that's part of the reason that they, they drafted Malik Willis. I think, for me, Tom, it's not that the window closes on Vrabel. So much as the window closes on this version of the Titans probably is what we're seeing. And they're going to have to restack the deck in Nashville.
5: We've mentioned the declining play. It's it's only two games of Derrick Henry. We've mentioned Ryan Tannehill. And maybe this next one I'm about to mention was calculated. But let's not forget, A.J. Brown was playing from a different team that we watched last night. They traded him in the offseason to the Eagles. Maybe that would be helping Ryan Tannehill right now. But like I said, maybe that was calculated on the part of Tennessee. Mike Vrabel, as you mentioned, is as intense as they come. Whether he has a capable quarterback, a capable running back, he's going to sound like that no matter what. Whether his team was predicted to win one game or all 17. I think we're starting to see this, this transition. I think it's going to happen this year.
2: I'm actually excited to see Malik Willis play. Because he looked... I mean, the dude came out of Liberty. It's hard to know how to assess what he did with the lower level of competition he faced in his college career but he did look good in the times that that he was evaluated in the preseason and in camp like they they like him they like what they ha- what they have there you don't beat the raiders though the rebuild begins immediately raiders next two 0 two teams by the way nfl's a fickle game you beat vegas then you got the Colts, the Commanders, and the Colts again. You can win all four of those games if you're a good football team that has stumbled. But if Derrick Henry's not Derrick Henry and if Ryan Tannehill is even less effective than he had been, if they're tuning out their head coach, it could get ugly real fast. That is a show. Thank you to Lincoln Kennedy. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. Thank you to pirate lover Tom DeCelestino. And thank you for listening. I'm Bill Ryder. The show's right of the new. We appreciate you listening.